Welcome to Next Level Play Therapy, a weekly podcast dedicated to supporting the next generation of child and adolescent therapists to provide exceptional play therapy services. We'll explore all things play therapy to elevate your work with children and adolescents using the therapeutic powers of play. I'll discuss practical tips and ideas so you can provide a transformative experience for your young clients and make a real difference in their lives. So get ready to take your play therapy skills to the next level and make a lasting impact in the lives of children, adolescents, and families. Hey there, good morning. Welcome to this week's episode where I talk about all things play therapy and expressive arts and showing you how you can level up your play therapy skills. This week, I want to focus on a question that comes up all the time when I'm working with play therapists. So when I'm doing play therapy trainings and in my play therapy quotation program, that's called Play Therapy Academy, this question comes up a lot. And that is, can I use play therapy with adolescents? Or another version of that is, how do I use play therapy with adolescents? And usually underneath that question, if you kind of peel back that first layer of the question, the core of the question is really around play therapies for kids. I don't want to make my adolescent clients feel like I'm treating them like babies or insulting them treating them like little kids. So how do I, will play therapy even work with adolescents? And I always answer yes. And so that's what I want to talk about today is how do you use play therapy with adolescents so that they don't feel like you're treating them like babies? And what does that even look like, play therapy with adolescents? So if you're joining me today, if you're joining live today, I would love to see who's here. I live stream every week into my social media platforms. So that's my YouTube channel, which is Kathy Spooner or Renewing Renewing Hearts Training, Kathy Spooner and, and my LinkedIn. So Kathy Spooner on LinkedIn and my Facebook group, which is a Facebook group for child and adolescent therapists who want to use play therapy and expressive arts with children, adolescents, and families. If you're on Facebook, you can, and you you are a play therapist or a child and adolescent therapist who uses play therapy and expressive arts, you can pop over there and join my group. It's called Play and Expressive Arts Therapy Playground. You do have to answer all the questions to be admitted into the group because if you don't answer all the questions, you don't get in the group. And so I always like to make sure to tell people that. And I also live stream into Instagram on my Instagram channel. So this week, I would love to know who's here. So go ahead and post your name in the comments, where you're from, what population you work with. Are you working with adolescents? How is that going for you? What questions do you have about that? So I'm Kathy Spooner. I'm a registered, I'm a licensed clinical social worker and a registered play therapist supervisor here in the United States. And I have been in the mental health field, working with children, adolescents, and families in a variety of capacities for about 30 years now. 
And I pretty exclusively use play therapy and expressive arts when I'm working with children, adolescents, and families. Truth be told, I will use play therapy with adults as well, especially when I'm processing for trauma. You can see all my sand tray miniatures behind me. I love using sand tray. And I find that to be a really powerful modality, including with adults. So I'll use art and music and other types of expressive arts with adolescents and adults. And I have gotten some really amazing results to help them overcome those challenges that their experiences. So I thought I would talk about that today. I'm also going to talk about a course that I have because about two years ago, I took all of my years of experience and training and created a course called Expressive Arts in Play Therapy with Adolescents. You can also, I use a lot of, a lot of the things I use in that course, <clears throat> excuse me, I will also use with adults. So you can also use if you work with adults, I find these to be really useful. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that at the end and a little bit of a, you're getting kind of a sneak preview on a, on the course about some things. So you want to stick around at the end and hear a little bit about that. Anyway, welcome. So today we are going to talk about how can you use play therapy with adolescents. So feel free to pop in some questions. The first thing to think about is when you're working with adolescents, making sure that you are focusing on some of their core developmental tasks that they need to work through. And we, we can do this using expressive arts. So I'll talk a little bit more about that. First and foremost is really understanding what adolescents need in the treatment process. And a lot of what they're working on has to do with those core de developmental tasks of figuring out who am I? What are my values? What are my beliefs? What do I like? What do I not like? How am I different from my parents? How am I different from my siblings? How am I more like some of my peers? How do I fit in with my peers? How do I interact with my peers? How do I make sure that I'm not rejected? How do I do this social thing? How do I do this dating thing? Who am I in relationships? And what do I want out of relationships? What matters to me about those? And so these are all going to be influenced by and will influence their mental health and what they're working through. We know that anxiety and insecurity is part of the growing process. How many of us as adults still struggle with imposter syndrome about being a play therapist and your skills in working with your child and adolescent clients, going through grad school, imposter syndrome is real. We deal with that a lot in my play therapy academy. That comes up in trainings as well. And so I'll talk a little bit about Play Therapy Academy as well. But today I want to highlight the fact that we all go through this, teenagers as well. The thing is, unless we talk about it, we don't know everybody else is feeling that way as well. And we're all just essentially masking so we can 
get through and get done what needs to what needs to happen, which is good. We do need to do that. And at the same time, we're not alone. There are things that we're dealing with and our adolescent clients are right in that stage where they are doing that identity formation is really coming to the forefront. Identity formation really starts early on. And at the same time, they're really in that individuation process in adolescence. And so these issues are going to be prominent in the treatment process. And so being able to process those in a way that isn't too overwhelming is the key, helping them understand their core beliefs that are influencing their decisions, their beliefs about themselves, their beliefs about other people, and their beliefs about how they interact and who they are in relationships and how they how they do these relationships. And that'll show up in a variety of capacities. And a lot of times what I find when I'm working with adolescents who are coming to me because they're having mental health problems, these are things that we're working through. So what are expressive arts and how can you use expressive arts in play therapy to help your adolescent clients address and resolve some of these things that are going on? And so first, what are expressive arts? Play therapy is an expressive arts. It's one type of expressive arts. It, there's also, and so keep in mind also, each of these areas comes with a whole expertise. So there is art therapy. So I, I use art and I'm not an art therapist. That's a whole specialty area. When I use art, I use art in play therapy which means I'm going to use art to help my clients access the therapeutic powers of play using a theoretical model within the context of a safe therapeutic relationship. There are dance and movement therapists, drama therapists, poetry therapists. You can use um, expressive arts like writing and poetry. These are all creative ways to explore and process mental health, social, emotional wellness, and being. And so the other, when it comes to adolescents, one of the things we want to do is we need to meet them where they are and what's of interest to them. So we know kids love playing. So you can use play therapy and its population is ideally children because we know children play. Adolescents are children, they're older children, and developmentally, they have different cognitive, social, emotional, physical, they're in a different stage. So how do we use play therapy with expressive arts? And that means we have to consider those things and connect. So what are the interests of your adolescent clients? vast majority of clients love music. If you explore a little bit more with them, they, they're having some of that creativity. You know, some people are more inclined to be 
easily accessing creativity, others not as much. And at the same time, they can, if you structure it in a way that's going to be safe and comfortable and specific to what they're able to do. I have some adolescents who are really creative and they're more techie, so they like more of the tech things. How many things online now can you do with art, with music, all of those kinds of things? So meeting your clients where they are and using expressive arts will help to begin to develop that therapeutic relationship, inviting them in to trust you. We know that is the first task of any treatment process, establishing that rapport, which all creates that sense of safety as we invite them to go deeper, becoming more vulnerable to explore some things that are painful and overwhelming. So creating that space and expressive arts provides a way to be able to do that non-verbally first. So then if they're able to do it verbally and process that experience of whatever it is they've created, poetry, writing, drama, all of those different things, you can use that creative outlet as a way for, for accessing the therapeutic powers of play, like self-expression or access to the unconscious or counter conditioning, which I think of as essentially cognitive restructuring or helping them tolerate and address things that are painful to begin to kind of rework it. And exploration of relationships and attachment and how all of those have influenced their life. So you using expressive arts gives a creative and kind of nonverbal way that will help them stay within their window of tolerance so that they can gradually begin to explore and process and make sense of and come to terms with whatever it is that's bringing them into the treatment process. So expressive arts, when you're able to use expressive arts, to access those therapeutic powers of play using a theoretical model within that context of that therapeutic relationship is play therapy with adolescents. So the thing, and that's one of the things in the course that I'll talk to you about. I, I really took all of my 30 years in the mental health field and created this course to give you some ideas how you can how you can use expressive arts with your adolescent clients. Plus there's lots and lots of activities that you can use right away. To do this though, brings me to my third point for today, which is grounding the work, creating, creating a framework grounded in theory that is gonna help you navigate all of the stages of the change process where you're using expressive arts to help your, your client through all those stages of the change process. And I love using neuroscience and attachment theory to provide me with a really solid framework for using play therapy interventions and that to help access those therapeutic powers of play. And so I will use attachment theory and neuroscience as, as the lens through which I conceptualize 
what's going on with my clients. And that is then going to help me do my treatment planning as far as what types of interventions I need to use, when I need to use them, what types will work well with this client. So we do that case conceptualization using attachment theory and neuroscience to provide that information about what's going on. But underneath those behaviors, why is it happening? What are the patterns going on? What's going on with this issue that brings my client into the treatment process? And then I use that case conceptualization to help inform my treatment planning. What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? What types of expressive arts activities am I going to use? And that also helps to know how to establish that safe space. We know from neuroscience and attachment theory that safety is the key to helping clients engage in the change process because if they don't deactivate those threat circuits, they're not going to be able to engage in that deeper level of healing because they're just going to be on guard. And it'll depend on the client. This is where really understanding how that works from a neuroscience and, and attachment standpoint really helps you to know how to pace your sessions, how to structure your sessions, what kinds of activities do you need to use in your sessions at what point in time. So it provides really strong and helpful information about doing that. So that's basically it for today. That's base. Uh, let me just do a recap for today, which is when you're working with adolescents, you really need to understand the developmental tasks of adolescents and how those are being influenced by and influencing your client's struggles, those mental health challenges that they're experiencing. And there's a comment from Centro Growing Carla. We just had a conversation. She is awesome. And she is going to, Carla is going to make some amazing inroads in this um, Spanish speaking community. I'm so excited for that. So Carla says, I love to work with them with the music timeline of their life. Oh my goodness. See, see what I'm saying? Carla's awesome. Uh, or with clients, girls, and their humor changing with lunar and menstrual diary. That And Carla has this whole, we were talking about this last night when we were chatting, um, about females and even physiologically what, how women are and females are, are different and how from a whole being are we really honoring women and doing treatment with women, including girls, which includes all of those physiological things that go on for females. And so that, I'd never heard that before. It was really, really interesting. So um, yes, I, I agree, Carla. That's awesome. So the second thing, which is kind of what we were talking about is expressive arts and how can you use play therapy with adolescents and to me, that means expressive arts, accessing the therapeutic powers of play through expressive arts, like Santre therapy, poetry. I love using poetry 
I don't, I don't know about you. If you, you know, usually when we talk about adolescence, for me, I kind of remember adolescence and how challenging that can be. And, and we went, I went through a rough time in adolescence and um, for me, poetry, and I didn't realize it at the time, man, I was like 15. I didn't know anything. Uh, Poetry was a way for me to process those really strong emotions that we have during adolescence, trying to figure things out. And so poetry and writing and journaling, and I used to do some art. I'm not an artist. I draw stick people. Um, So it's not about, are you artistic? It's about how you use expressive arts for that creative expression to explore painful emotions and experiences so that you can use expressive arts like music, like poetry, like writing and journaling, like drama and art and dance and movement, how you use those to access the therapeutic powers of play for healing within a theoretical model in a safe therapeutic relationship. And then the third thing is using a theoretical model. How are you conceptualizing what's going on? So I conceptualize using a neuroscience and attachment lens, which then if I'm looking at core beliefs, then I'm looking, I'm looking at the work of Peter, Peter Fonagy and his colleagues about mentalization. I'm looking at Daniel Siegel and his his work about interpersonal neurobiology, Stephen Porges and understanding polyvagal theory and how that influences that mind-body connection of safety and threat and social engagement, and even how that influences the play therapy process. So using that information is how I'm going to conceptualize what the problem is why the problem is happening, what patterns are supporting it, and then what am I going to do use for that treatment planning process through all the stages of the change process. And I find using a neuroscience and attachment framework within a developmental lens, so we're looking at the developmental tasks of adolescents, that to me helps to ground the work of using play therapy with adolescents, and I would even say adults. If you're interested in Play Therapy Academy, that information, you can hop over to my website. You can also find the course over there, Expressive Arts and Play Therapy with Adolescents, on my website. My website address is rhplaytherapytraining.com. And if Feel free to message me if you're if you need any help with that. But and I will see you next next week. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Next Level Play Therapy. I hope you found the discussion valuable and gained new insights and ideas to support your work helping children, adolescents, and families heal. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Your feedback helps to improve and reach more people who can benefit from this information. Remember, play therapy is a powerful tool for healing and growth. Whether you're a new play therapist or experienced, I encourage you to continue your learning journey to unlock the potential of play in your own work and relationships. 
If you have any questions or topic suggestions for future episodes, I'd love to hear from you. Connect with me on social media and visit my website at Renewing Hearts Play Therapy Training to stay updated on upcoming episodes, trainings, and resources. Thank you once again for listening to Next Level Play Therapy. Until next time, keep playing, learning, and growing.